Podcast listening friends. Screws a scratch your mic for me. Scratchy, scratchy, scratchy. Alright, I just wanted to make sure that's you. Oh. And then it falls down. <laughs> well, let's start again. Are you sure you want to start again? I think so. Do you want to? Or yes. do you want to just leave this for the people? Uh what do you think? Ah, uh, why not? It's a funny start. Uh alright. Yeah. So Squeezer just dropped his mic, but it's uh it's back in working order now. Yeah, it's working. The GameCube is holding up. <laughs> my I mean, my mic is being held by a microphone stand. Squeezers is being held by something much cooler. I should really post a picture of this. It's yeah, let's see it. Let's put it on your Instagram. All right. And, and if he doesn't, else. guys, you can email him at squeezer at radyears.com and let him know. Yeah, what the hell? Y- have you gotten an email yet? Uh, I got a welcome to Gmail. Oh, because we that's the service we go through, through Squarespace? Yeah. All right, let's and, not say that uh, word anymore until they buy advertising with us. Okay. You can advertise on <clears throat> every other podcast in the lit world. You know, break off a piece for a little squeezy in our K. All right? Yeah, yeah. Guy needs I don't a, ask, guy I don't needs ask you prop- to spend money. Just say hi. <laughs> Make me feel wanted. Right. Well, we're not talking. I mean, people email Squeezer and say hi, but I'm talking to that web company that we have a website through. Like, oh. don't even give us money. Just let us have our website for free. That shit's expensive. Not really. But it'd be nice to have it free. You know, it always, yeah. feels, it always feels better to have it free. And, uh, you know, Squeezer, you do have a login for the website. I don't know if I told you that. I'm I'm working on something right now. <laughs> Why we do the podcast? Yes. Oh, What'd a, you say? I said while we do the podcast. Sorry, I wasn't paying. Remember, we talked about paying attention last week. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, we got to get that cricket sound. Apparently, yeah, then- apparently, it's a fan favorite. I found out over the weekend. Um, some of Enchantress's friends get a good kick out of it. When you, what, me no-selling you? Yes. Oh, if only they realized how unintentional it really was. <clears throat> um, I, we say um a lot. You know how many ums I cut out of our... I, like, I don't cut them all out, but I scroll... Th- so you, you cut out ums, but you don't count me... Cut me knocking the microphone over under the keyboard. No, that's staying. I got you. That's made the show. But I'll go through and, like, you could see in the waveform the ums... So, you know, I'll try and cut them out. And mm. we, both of us, constantly with the ums. We got well, t- that's because we don't, we got bullet points. Right. So we just kind of go off on tangents. And um is a filler when you're thinking. And you and I, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say we think a lot, but um, yeah. holy shit, we think, we think a lot. Yeah. Not necessarily useful things. I, I need there to get tips. There are people that think very useful things. We uh, we work with some people who are very good at not saying um and going. I thought you were gonna get racist. No. Okay. Uh, that's the other person we work with. 
Uh, she's a sweetheart, though. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she is. Uh, she's just <laughs> naive. The other, our other, our friend Steve, he, I, I just watch him in awe now, knowing what it takes to do what he does. And same with uh, our friend Doug. To get through, like, their ramblings and the amount of information they spill without saying, um, uh, or pausing or cursing or tangenting. Oh, like real professional broadcasters? Yeah, it's crazy. I was trying it? to think of, like, when you said friends, I really narrowed the list and I had to add them on it to make it count. <laughs> but I see what you're saying. Uh, um, I said, yeah, well, it just did it again. You couldn't see my air quotes when I said friends, Squeezer. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Friends. No, we're friends, guys. I'm kidding. Wink. Wink. Yeah. It's a, it's I see you more than my family, so you better be my friends. Yeah, right. So, what's uh, what's going on? Did you uh, have you done anything since our last podcast? We talked summer blockbusters. Have you seen any summer blockbusters this summer? You saw Infinity um, War, right? Um, there we go with the ums again. No. Well, none of them. Nothing we talked about is out yet. It's only been like four days. Uh, what? What are you talking about? Like since the last show? Yeah. Yeah, movies are like two hours long. How am I supposed to squeeze one of those into <laughs> four days? That's true. <laughs> no, but this summer I meant. Like I'm talking. Oh. You have you seen besides Infinity War and Deadpool two? What else have you seen? Any other of the blockbusters? You saw Ready Player One. I'll count that. Ready play. Really? That's summer? Because it was pretty damn cold out when I went to go see that. Was it March? I'm going to say yes. Oh, okay. Never All mind. I know is it was foggy as hell, and it was really scary driving home because the GPS decided to take me an easier route through, like, the most windy, twisty roads of uh, central, southeastern, central Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'll count Infinity War. I'll count Deadpool 2. I'll give you Ant-Man and Wasp, but you didn't see that. Uh, it's on the list. Anyway, Enchantress and I saw at the at a drive-in, a separate drive-in than we went before. We went to Becky's this time. There used to Ooh, be a porn like theater. One. We saw uh, the new, the latest Mission Impossible. So, what'd you think? Because you were sold on the trailer. Oh God, it was fucking awesome. It was long, but it was yeah. fun, man. And it kept you on really? your, it kept you on the edge of your seat. And uh, there's if I was a fan of the first one and you heard my complaints last week about the others, how they went a little too uh, die hard <laughs> after die hard with a vengeance. I saw will, one. Will I still like this. Squeezer, I'm going to tell you the movies I saw on the Mission Impossible franchise. One, I think I might have seen two and this one. And I liked it. But, you know, I'm not a good judge of character. Last summer, I oh, liked... That's why you do a podcast with me. <laughs> I, you're a sweet boy. I liked uh, the movie Dark Tower, the Stephen King adaptation. A lot of people hated it, but it was just a fun movie. Mm -hmm. I also liked the Kingsman sequel, but it was fun. Why do people have to shit on a movie if it's just fun? That's what a um, summer blockbuster is supposed to be. Because everything has to be dark and serious now. Well, no, no. It's not even dark and serious. Everything has to be a Marvel movie. Or, every, you know, uh, even, even like, I don't even, everything, everything has to be... <sighs> because people can't even be creative in what they watch other people being creative do. If that makes any sense, what I'm saying. Absolutely. Like, they can't have an open creative mind about, like, enjoying a summer movie. 
Yes, it has to be an established franchise that you already heard of. It's way too much effort to go and see. Uh, shit, what was that? Uh, I was just gonna. It was a total bomb. Uh, Cowboys versus Aliens. Oh sure, I-, I liked that movie. That was fun. But it was a massive bomb. Yeah. Because it so, was just too far out there for people. I read something, and I think it's true. There's no bigger, like the biggest blockbuster franchise. Like the biggest Hollywood franchise, right? That exists right now is the Mission Impossible. And can you think of one that spanned longer that's been more successful? Well, James Bond. No, no way. It hasn't even come close to box office receipts of Mission Impossible. Totaled? No, I'm not total. I'm talking about at all. Like none of the movies touch what the Mission Impossible movies make. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um. I don't know, like, for some reason, those National Treasure movies make a lot of money. Yeah, but there's only two. Uh, what? Wait, wait. So I'm, are you saying on an individual basis or franchise <laughs> as a whole? Franchise as a whole. Well, how the hell does Mission Impossible G- beat James Bond? There's only five of them, and there's, like, 30 Bond movies. There's six. This is the sixth one. Oh, all right. Well, sorry, Mr. Math. And it spans. I could be wrong. I think it's the six. And it spans 22 years. Oh, yeah, but Bond goes back to the 60s. Now, granted, movies cost like a dollar to make and like $3 to... Uh, all right, hang on. I'm gonna, all right, go back. And... No, I'm not... I'm, I'm just saying that... Um, I, no, no, I get what you're saying. It makes a shit ton of money. The, and then and the reviews are very positive on all of them, and they've retained... Well, most... they have to be, otherwise uh, a certain organization... Will uh, put you down and Seinfeld. end you. Yeah, one, two, three. F- this was a six, yeah. So there was Mission Impossible, which came out 22 years ago, Squeezer. 1996. That's fucking crazy. Right? I know. I rem- then we, we did talk about that they did have, like, mini discs in it. So I guess. Right. Uh, so that was directed uh, by a completely different guy than. So, th- like, hold on. Let me get my. So, Brian De Palma directed Mission Impossible. Yes. John Woo directed Mission Impossible 2. Mm-hmm. J.J. Abrams directed Mission Impossible 3. 3. Brad Bird directed Mission Impossible 4. Ghost Protocol. Right, so I don't think I saw 4, so I saw 1, 2, and 3. Uh, and Chris McQuarrie did the last two. So, that's like a who's who in Hollywood directors, especially for action mm-hmm. movies. Like, Brad Bird had a oh that's another summer blockbuster you miss incredibles 2 i didn't miss it it's still in theater <laughs> it's true i guess you got me out of technicality there yes uh, oh you're gonna have to say hi uncle squeezer right away or she's gonna i didn't hear her uh, we'll let her. She'll, speak up she'll she'll whine any second oh. hi schmuffin yeah there she is she heard us talking. That's that's what we think it is. She hears me talking and thinks it should be to her. Ah, oh, gotcha. All right. So uh, this is a, a franchise with pretty much has, has kept the same characters and cast over six movies in twenty two years. And that had... I find that's what's impressive. The fact that Ving Rhames still in this one? Fuck yeah, he was. All right, then I'm sold. And he was He's a bit. He was a big part of it too. That's what I like. Like they just keep adding to it. And, and it's easy to shit on Tom Cruise because he's a wackadoo, but fuck, man, he does his own stunts and it shows. It's pretty badass. He did. You this... know, he just does these movies because he wants to do crazy shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. He did this Halo drop 
which is a high altitude, like uh, low, opening. Lo, yeah, low opening drop through like a storm. It was like the coolest fucking effect I've seen, and it wasn't an effect. He did, he did it. Do you know how bad they want him? Just, can we just key this in? Can you just do this in front of a green screen like everyone else? <laughs> right. He refuses. He he thinks yeah. it's a disservice to the audience. Like seeing they they shoot on location too, and they shot all over Paris. I reckon like Enchantress and I kept recognizing places because we were just there last summer, and um, there's like a, a chip. oh that's how I feel when I watch a Sixth Sense. <laughs> or will that new movie coming out glass that was shot in our backyard there was a um a scene where he's on a motorcycle without a helmet driving through paris in a chase over the uh, the art de triomphe on the champs elysees uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's really him Ooh, look at me I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, francophile here uh, anyway, uh, so mission. I'm going to write a blog. When I was a, a kid in 1994, we t- we've talked about the FX launching before. Squeeze, remember those discussions? Mm-hmm. One of the shows that was big on FX that I watched constantly and I never watched before was Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really got into the series with Jim Phelps. Uh, and then I remember in 96... It because it, it was broke my heart. Oh, well, that he he turned he turned. Yeah, John, John Voight's Jim Phelps turned. Yeah, Spoilers. I was so confused because I watched the originals. So did I, and I was confused by. Uh, uh, also, I'm, I'm not trying to rub in my snootiness, but that all took place in Prague, and that's where Enchantress and I are going this fall. In the first movie. All right, well, I'll go down to D.C. So that was in the first movie, too. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, uh, Peter Graves is Jim Phelps, though. I loved the Mission Impossible. And, and they still did the whole gimmick in this movie, Squeeze. With, oh, the burning the tapes? Yeah, burning everything. Oh, awesome. and this message will self-destruct. Uh, it, the whole gimmick is there. And um, the, the soundtrack is really, the, the score is really great. It's, it's like a driving, like, drum-beating score. And it mm-hmm. really, it really does a great job of keeping on edge of the, uh, the edge of your sheets. See, I can't speak. So, I really, uh, my next blog is going to be for the summer. Uh, if you haven't been to radiers.com, check out our summer vacation series. We're winding it down. There's only a few weeks left, but my next one's going to be about Mission Impossible. How I got into the series. How in '96 I went with my friend to the Terminate to see the first movie and 22 22 years later Enchantress and I are at the drive-in it's just fucking blows my mind so that's why sorry I don't want to cut you off no, but why I still have this thought could this be our next you know Bond franchise oh yeah like like when you think about it yeah it, it Tom Cruise kind of it's his vehicle but it is kind of its own thing in itself so do you think eventually he passes the torch not necessarily to a different character but like, is there another Ethan Hunt down the line, and that person takes it for a little while, and they just keep going with Mission Impossibles, just like they've been doing with Bonds? Absolutely, they could. I mean, that's that's so. Uh, uh, Mark Bernard and Kevin discussed this on Fat Man on Batman. They said that's what makes a lasting. That's what you. That's when you know you create a character that will live forever when multiple actors put their stamp mm-hmm. on it. Like they're talking about Indiana Jones in this case. To be fair, I downloaded, did not listen yet. This was an old one. Oh, a few okay. Weeks. Then I listened like, and didn't retain. This was a few months. They're talking about a possible, uh, a possible uh, next 
uh, Indiana Jones movie, and Bernardin was adamant that there should not the Hans uh, not Han Solo Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford should not play Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, I, okay, I remember. I recall and this. and he said that like you know as just like with James Bond, just like with Batman and Spider Man and so many characters, that, like like that's you 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 pass it on and and then it lives forever with different. Because if, if, if you lock it into that one actor as this character, then it dies with that actor. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I'm pretty sure, that could be just speaking out of my ass here, but I'm pretty sure that the reason we keep getting Mission Impossibles is that um, Tom Cruise owns owns it. He bought the production rights to it. Like, that's his, his baby. Like, he, mm-hmm. he lives or dies by these movies. Uh, kind of. But... If he does indeed own it and he's ready to bow out, he could even, you know, what continue would, to produce him, but just bring someone else in to play. Or, or finally, like they tease it in this movie, uh, but it's it's just like a red herring. Like let Ethan Hunt become the villain finally and put a new guy with IMF in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you can't. It's Mission Impossible. You can't take like your hero and turn him into a bad guy. It's how they started the series. I know. I would just did that. I know exactly. So, like. Jim oh, I see what we did there. You know, make it like Jim Phelps is like grandson or great grandson. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be cool? Like bring the Phelps back into it, and then uh, it's a little uh, Frank Grimes Jr. ish on the on the nose. I don't know. I th- if if it's like if it's like someone called like if um, it was Frank, if they did bring in like Frank Grimes the third into <coughs> Mission Impossible, that would be awesome. <laughs> I get yeah, it would be uh, or or just like well, we lost Martin Landau, right? I believe so. I'm going to assume it's a safe bet. I think yeah, I love Martin Landau. Uh, everything he said, Mar- him and Entourage was fantastic. But like they keep in this the whole latex mask revealing that it's fake persona thing, mm-hmm. and and they actually make fun of them for it. In this. uh yeah, uh, a year ago, but last year. Oh, he, Martin Landau. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Mission Impossible. Uh, I really think that I, I want I said the Enchantress, and she's a big fan of the series. I'd like to go back and rewatch all of them now. Uh, because fuck a J.J. Abrams movie I haven't seen, and Brad Bird for that point, and it, they're fun. And I think that it could be like, just like you said, James Bond. This mo- this series could last forever. It's already twenty two years, and think about it when Goldeneye came out. Hold on, let me do some math here. James Bond movies. So think about from the first James Bond movie to when Goldeneye came out. That was like our James Bond movie. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So that was 1995. All right, Dr. No came out in 62. So that's what, 30? Really? You're asking me to hang on. Three years? Well, it was... 21 years before I was even born. So that would mean someone born last year would be experiencing Mission Impossible 22 years from... Wait. Nope. So I'm... 30, figure 34 years from now. 33. What's that? I did the math. It's 33. I have... I could show my work. Okay, but you see, like, I, I have to use, like, shapes and colors to do math. Yeah. So, well, yeah, so, like, 
someone holy shit wait hang on this makes sense trust me hang on hang with me folks hanging with you so yeah like basically like dr no to us would be like mission impossible to someone like the 96 one born right now okay right but but that would like license to kill the last one before they rebooted with golden eye was 89 that was 27 years from the original. That's pretty much in line with what we're talking about here. Yeah. So there's no reason to say that, like, they do another one and, like, another two. Now, to be fair, though, there were a lot of other Bonds in between there. They kind of cranked them out, like, yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. That's sixteen movies before GoldenEye. Yeah, but they and they weren't all like massive box office hit. Like, they all performed, um, but they also weren't all critically um, praised as well. Like Mission Impossible gets a good rap. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But uh, I, I anyway, we're kind of really off on a, a tangent. But I do. We went on our Mission Impossible spiel again. Yeah, I do think I saw it. I loved it. Go see it. Uh, see it in a drive-in if there's one by you, because that was fun. Drive-ins are fucking fun. I'm kinda, yeah. I, I wish I didn't work a job that required me to work every weekend, because I would go every weekend. Should we talk our, our picks? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's begin the show. Yeah, it's The Great Outdoors, too. Uh, for some reason, The Great Outdoors is our most popular episode constantly. It always It's always ranked in the top 10 downloads since we posted it a year ago now. It's probably all the. It probably gets mixed in with like the hunting shows. And it people must get and confused people, and download. People download, it. get pissed off when they hear us. But you know, we're gonna try and um, honeypot them again with our next one. So uh, uh, I have the privilege of starting this week. So without further ado, squeeze. As you know, we've been swimming and we've developed a taste for it. We both agree that getting our own pool is the only way to go. Now, before you respond, you must understand that your refusal would result in months and months of... Can we have a pool, Dad? 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 I understand. Let us celebrate our new arrangement with the adding of chocolate to milk. Over here we have the Hick Tub, the uh, Instarust, that's the Lightning Magnet... That's the tinkler. Woo, the tinkler. I like the sound of that. We'll take it. Uh, nothing describes. <laughs> you got me just laughing out loud. <laughs> nothing describes a bu- creepy family above ground swimming pools like that clip from the, like that episode of The Simpsons. Uh, so my f- friend down the street, we had the 18 inch like kids pool mm-hmm. that like it had like the the tarp bottom and like the kind of hard plastic top and it kind of takes shape when you filled it with water. It wasn't the the hard plastic kiddie pool, but it was like the little bigger. Probably like I don't know 10 12 feet across, 18 inches deep. <clears throat> but that was only good for like a week and then, you know, we'd kick the side down, dump the water and, and we'd go kill home. all the grass and uh... Oh yeah, my dad would <clears throat> hate it. Um, my friend down the street their parents put a four-foot above-ground pool, and this was a top-of-the-line white trash above-ground pool. <laughs> you know, some people just want to float in a little bit of water. That doesn't necessarily mean they're white trash. I'm not saying they are. I would put one of these pools. I would. I prefer these pools over your everyday in-ground pools. Honestly. 
These are what I was raised on. These were my bread and butter. So uh, um, let me paint a picture. So there was like a, a stair gate. You had to unlatch and lift down. And this stair mm-hmm. gate would take you onto a uh, deck, which was coated yes. with this blue turf. Oh, mm-hmm. back. There's no better way to... So uh, just a quick sidebar. I have this bag of lights for television, you know, my lighting bag. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that... Um, like that material that backpacks and military bags are made of it's kind of like rough mm-hmm. shmuffin loves just getting on it and just pawing it she's got no front claws because uh, she was uh, uh. rescue but she just likes pawing it <laughs> so that's what she's currently doing it's impact for all you tv brand whores anyway uh so it was this it was this blue turf material that was on the deck itself. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the more carpety kind or like the fake grassy kind? Uh, uh, the fake grassy. I don't, I don't know what's the difference between them. Well, like, is, is it was it real matte and just flat or was there like some... Uh, no, it was pretty like matte and flat. Astroturfy kind of feel. It was astroturf, it. but it was pretty matte and flat. Okay, yeah. okay. That's good. The other stuff is just uh, awful. No, this was very... It was just, like, it was just there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be kind of soft on your feet. Uh, so this was, this was uh, the deck was probably about eight feet across and maybe four feet deep on the ed- edge of the lip of the pole. Mm-hmm. So then the pole had a whole lip around it that was about eight inches, you know, you could hold on to. Mm-hmm. It was four feet deep. And that's it. You just go in. It was a nice, uh, you know, solar cover. Thing. It was a nice pool. River rocks around it. And uh, we'd go in jump in, splash around, have fun, play our different, you know, it was either X-Men underwater, we'd play deep dive Batman underwater. You know, they had the diving sticks where you had to go down and collect those things. We'd make oh, yeah. games out of that. And then when you get out, you grab your towel and you immediately run to the street where all warmth on the, the blacktop gathers oh, yeah. to dry off and warm up and, until you get too hot and you have to go back to the above ground pool. Now it's, it's all a plot. <clears throat> it is. At some point, stores started selling, uh, like like, put your own like pool kits in, like three three and a half foot pool kits. Remember these? Uh, the ones that would have like the little pump and filter built into them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't the inflatable. It was like before that. It it was the predecessor to that. Now they're kind of inflatable. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had. This like little plot, you couldn't really put a. F- it was uh, that the township we live in had had uh, zoning laws about what size pool you could put in. But this three footer, we were able to put in in our backyard on this hill area. My dad leveled it out. We put sand down, and we put this pool up, and it was crazy. It was uh, n- did not use it hardly at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, That's it, like well, the first thing I did. Like when you can click on the boxes when like buying a house, and like my number one thing is. No pool. Yeah. So you had to clean it and take care of it. You got to take your shirt off. <laughs> well, there was like, in, instead of like a deck, there were stairs. It wasn't as, it wasn't as classy as my, my friend Matt's pool. It was really nice. I, I mean, I would, if I could put an in-ground or above-ground pool in, I would put one of those bad boys in. I, I think now, in my life now, how I take Zen in lawn care, I would enjoy like keeping a pool clean. Hmm. You just sit there with your net, just tending your leaves. Yeah, 
Yeah, and just like, ah, well, 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 like enforcing like ridiculous rules because it's my mm-hmm. pool and people just want to go in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When did you last eat? 10 minutes ago. Well, it's a 20-minute limit for this pool. Why? That's the rules. You want to go in the pool? You got to follow the rules. You just want to be a curmudgeon, and you found <laughs> a way to do it. Right. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's your drink? I don't drink. Well, you're not going in the pool without a drink. <laughs> Most people don't allow drinks in their pool. I'm opposite. It's mandatory. You got to be double fisting mm-hmm. when you go in. Right. Uh, no water wings uh, without... Uh, uh, and and if you get the right size pool, and then you can get one of those like big inflatable flamingos that's just small enough to fill up the entire surface area of the pool. Right. So you can just have like basically it's a flamingo floating apparatus. Right. E- everyone is kind of like gathered around the edges of the flamingo. Uh, well, well, they just double fist their drinks what, and pee in my pool. Like a, you sit like a king. Yeah, and I'll just sit there outside of the piss pool, enjoying myself. Because that probably comes with making everyone drink. They're just going to pee in my pool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of mandatory, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I never did. I never could. I, I explained it like, oh, you're peeing in your own clothing. And everyone just, you silly fool. You're you swim- do it on land. Right. You're swimming you in, it in it. water. You're swimming in everyone else's piss and you're worried about your own bits in your clothing. <laughs> Dumb bastard. Uh, so Squeezer, did you have similar above ground pool? Um, there was a few friends that had them. Um, I felt like my mom always made friends with certain people that did. And like, we were friends with them for a couple of weeks while we used a pool. And then we moved on to new people that had a pool. And, um, <laughs> my aunt and uncle. So like my, my cousins, they had one. We spent a lot of time in there and we had more fun just, like you pull yourself up over the edge and then fall out of the side onto the river rocks below <laughs> and just, and then see who could race around up top onto the deck and then jump back in again. All right. I see, don't know why we found that fun. Well, I was trying to set up a segue to your pick, but oh. uh, I'll guide you into it further. I okay, know you didn't you. enjoy above ground pools so much, but what pools did you enjoy? Um, I liked like jacuzzis and hot tubs. Those were fun, um, occasionally. Um, and you know what? Sometimes it's just fun to just sit in one of the little splashy ones that you can get, like, like the vacuum form ones. This is, we should go to my next pick. This is your way of no selling me trying to transition your pick. Well, it takes a lot of effort when you do it unintentionally. Yeah, right. You know what? Fuck it. Here's your pick. That sounded like a clip from Sandlot. It was a clip from Sandlot. What a great movie. I was very excited to pull that. I was excited to pull all these. You got to get a little creative on these because it's not like you You just can't pull toy commercials. No. I appreciate the clean setup for my public pools uh, uh, spiel. Uh, I honestly did not 
realize it at first until the second. I actually was going to, you know, I had my, oh, I had above ground pool experiences. Well, um, I got you to, uh, I and got then, you to and invest then, in And then that. I realized what was going on and then I had to continue down that path. I appreciate it. Sure. Oh, no. I, I, I spent my time uh, submerged in uh, high batches of chlorine and um, various unknown urines uh, <laughs> in, in our local uh, public pools. Most of the time, though, never at the one right by my house. <clears throat> We'd always, like, end up driving all the way up to the other end of town because that's where most of my friends lived. And uh, I was also the cleaner one. And they still had diving boards. They ripped the diving boards out of the one by me. Um, it was also very crowded. So that's why we'd always go uptown. And they had one of those little sprinkly things. Like the uh, like the little fountain in the ground that would turn on occasionally. And then you realize that if you... Like the water jets, you know, that pump water in the pool after it's filtered through. If you plug all those up at like the one low end of the pool by where that little like ground the fountain is it would like shoot up wait are we talking some mac from always sunny public pool what you do with the the pool filter the pool jets i didn't see that one i was in the last season um do yourself a favor when i when you when i give you for the third time my hulu password Uh uh-huh check check out that episode the water park one it might be one of their top five episodes ever was it dirty or was he just taunting little children with it? It was dirty. Okay, no, this wasn't dirty. No, this was if you would plug up the jets with just your hand, then it would back the water up and the fountain would like shoot up really hard out of the ground. Because okay. most of the time it was just a little trickle because they didn't put a lot of effort into it. So you'd wait till people walk through and then quick, all your friends, you'd plug up the jets on the side of the pool and then like it would just shoot water up out of the ground. It was quite enjoyable. That sounds enjoyable. Of course, you're covered in stickiness because you went to the snack bar and you had all of your uh, popsicles. And um, nothing tastes better in chlorine than Swedish fish. <laughs> There's something about chlorine pool water and sweet because you take them in the pool with you. Oh, yeah. You take your Swedes <laughs> with you. Yeah, yeah. You have to. But there's something about Swedish fish and blending with the chemicals that just creates a, an otherworldly flavor. I, I just can't. I, I can't. I, I think a, a good box of Swedes blends with anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you, I would. You probably buy them by the bag there, but uh, yeah, they'd have the little uh, little custom made because they, they'd buy them bulk and then make put them in little, oh, pussy little bags pussy and bags. sell them. Remember when you used yeah. to go in the candy store and be able to just buy a box of Swedes, box of Swedish fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we were in high school, my friends and I would refer to like something really cool as a box of Swedes. Oh, that's a box of Swedes, as in like that's awesome. It's a box of Swedes. I don't know where it came from. It's the same friend who gave me a really weird nickname that Enchantress like dies every time she hears. That I'm not going to repeat on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, we can were... I hear it? No. I'm gonna find out if we get to ten thousand <laughs> likes before the end of the. Uh, I'm sorry, ten thousand followers on Instagram before the end of the year. I will, and we're at uh, 8,475 as of tonight. I'm going to create 2,000 Instagram accounts. <laughs> uh, if we get there, I will tell you the weird nickname. And you, you, can, you, you guys can call me this at, uh, 
for the rest of my life for all I care if we get there. But yeah, he was, so we would refer to something good as like a box. Oh, it's a box of Swedes. Gotcha. I, uh, now that I'm saying it, it sounds kind of dumb, but. No, no, no. You guys were so cool. No, we, we weren't trying to be cool at all. <laughs> no, I know. I know. No, it's awesome. I believe uh, you were in the <laughs> same boat as us, as in no one was trying to be cool. We all understood. We weren't. Oh, no, I, I, yeah. No, you, but, ah, nah, you thought you were. Oh, no, I knew I was a dork. I knew, I mean, I knew I was a dork, but you thought you did some things that, look, look at me, I'm pretty damn clever. And, uh, yeah, it just wouldn't take off. Oh, I, that's I try to impress people, because look at me, I cannot dive all the way to the bottom of the deep end and touch the bottom. I can't. Who can? And, I still can't do that. Really? No, I can't. I'm being. Oh no, I can't. Trying to be funny. <laughs> uh, I had to learn because I was held underwater a lot, so I got good practice at holding my breath underwater while I was tormented. Right. Um, yeah, they took out because they had like the deep end. There were two boards, and they had the r- one that was just like you know right off, uh, right off the deck, just like maybe like one step up, so like two three feet off the ground and then you know they had like the much higher ones right they started taking those down because they got more and more dangerous um because i guess because kids would try to jump towards the wall and try to like grab the wall while jumping i know i did right Uh, and from like 10 feet up that's fairly dangerous well Um, so then that just became like a swimming area in the deep end and that's where you would like just free dive and try to get down to the bottom, which I don't know how deep that was. I think it was like even like 20 feet at uh, the deepest end at like some of our pools. Uh, but yeah, we would live down there. Not literally down there, but like spend a lot of time at the pool and at the deep end. I'm not like uh, Kevin Costner, like Fishgill guy. That would have been pretty damn cool. All right. Did you spend a lot of time or were you? did you stick to your neighborhood... Uh, above ground pools uh we uh wanted our parents to let join a a private was it was a private one Mm. so i got this god so i gave you my picks for next week which is going to be summer memories too right (laughs) one thing i left off there and i might add it is we had a a spanish exchange student from, from obviously spain when i was a kid Mm-hmm. And so there was this over by Dan's Camera City. There's this public pool, and that was like the pool that people like belong to at St. Francis, my Catholic okay. school. And so we wanted to belong there so bad, but you know it cost money, and I, my parents didn't want to go to a pool with us, so because we're little assholes. Uh, so I, I didn't really get the even my dad's fucking brother, my uncle Mike, had a in ground pool. A beautiful pool. We never got to go there because my parents knew we were little assholes and they didn't want to, you know, watch us drown. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to drown, you can drown in a above ground pool just as much as you can one in the ground. Well, I think by the time I met uh, the my friend Matt moved down the street, they stopped giving mm-hmm. a shit if I drown or not. Gotcha. I can understand that. And then he put the above they ground. They get enough time with you. I understand. Yeah, right. <laughs> They put the above ground pool in at that point and, you know, everyone stopped giving a shit. So, mm. yeah. And it's always fun too. And just when you're running, 
running at the pool is so much fun because you just get you're getting yelled at by someone that's only like two years older than you. Right. And then like, what are you gonna? They yell at you, and then just jump in the pool. Oh, and then they bench you. Oh, what's that, that mean? Always fun. It was the worst because I was the goody two shoes, so. All my friends, they would let, let's for to protect them. Let's call them, uh, uh, Cat and Melvin. Okay. Does that work that way? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll call them uh, uh, Cat and Melvin. Uh, they would always get benched, and then I would get stuck just swimming alone by myself. And the lifeguards would just kind of laugh at me, like, ha you only have two friends. I'm pretty sure they did it intentionally just to mess with me. Uh, well, I, I mean, just, sorry, just got sad. Yeah, I mean, uh, don't be sad, Squeeze. But we, had, we had good times had down good there. Time. Could you, yeah. You I, could, I, you, uh, yeah, on sorry. the eight-foot by four-foot deck of the above-ground pool, there really mm-hmm. wasn't anywhere to run. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was, I, no one ever really yelled at me for running by the pool on account that I couldn't. <clears throat> so uh, that wasn't a problem. I can't relate, but I, I can relate to people picking on me and in, in general in life. So if that, if that's any condolence to you. Oh, uh, thank you. It is. It makes me feel much better. Okay. And then eventually, you know, as time, you know, grew older, then yeah, we'd sneak down there at night, you know, when we're older and go swimming out there at night at night and just jump the fence. Believe it or not, this this guy could uh this guy could scale a fence up and down. Who would have thought down was much faster. Squeezer. And not saying we both are fans of the NFL and sports in general, but who would have thought that when we were kids, one day we'd be adults in the world where the biggest franchise in the world isn't the NFL anymore. It's Marvel as in films. <laughs> And uh, the, like nerd culture and comic cons were a part of the lexicon, um, and you get made fun of for liking the Kardashians and not for liking uh, comic books. Mm-hmm. That's I like the world we live in now in that yeah. in that way. So that's at least a good thing. Oh, I thought you were setting up your next clip. No, but I will because okay uh we're about three hours in already and we should really get to our next clip so here's my number three <laughs> number two sunday sunday and saturday it's the ninth annual dallas mower expo be there as the biggest names in mowers hedgers and clippers unveil the latest in grass cutting technology thrill to the awe-inspiring spectacle of the snapper precision mowing team see king malls take on a texas size pile of twigs over ten thousand oil paintings must be sold don't Would anyone do drugs when they could just mow a lawn? <laughs> so both of those clips were from King of the Hill. One of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, you know my love of King of the Hill, Squeeze. I do, I do. Talk about it often. So I wanted a... a, a, a there was a certain age when... And it's so weird now because... All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. One of the things I hate most of anything, but I could still do mindlessly, is drive. Like, like I'm waiting for the day. Like, I don't mind. Like, I, like I, for Enchantress, and we drove out to, to Toledo, which is about seven hours plus for us. I drove the whole way. I didn't care. I can mindlessly do it. I don't mind. But I'm waiting for the day when, like, autonomous cars take over, and I could just 
get in the car in the morning in the back seat and lay down. Really? Oh yeah, I can't wait. That's that's my hell. No, that's that's my. I love to drive. Not me. But what's weird is, as soon as I was old enough to n- know what driving was, I only wanted to drive. When I rode my bike, I was pretending I was driving a vehicle, like I was like in Jurassic Park driving a jeep around. I'd mm-hmm. sit in my mom's car for hours and pretend like I was driving. Have you? Did you ever do that? Yeah, I, I put uh, my grandfather's old. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. Car into into neutral and rolled down the hill. Right. Uh, so, I wanted a riding mower. My friend from Catholic school, my best friend from Catholic school, had a riding mower, and and we like he let me help him like mow the lawn. And a little I don't know. I think he was just making me work. <laughs> I wanted one so bad. And my, and we didn't have you know we had a lawn probably big enough for one, but you know we didn't we were uh, upper lower middle class. We didn't have the money for a riding mower, but we did have a self propelled mower. So I devised Ooh. a system of of. My mom was in the crafts, and she, you know that green wire mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you get in the spool? I keep some in my bag just for certain occasions. So I, out of that and some um, t- sh- like ripped up t-shirt, I devised a system that would let me turn. <laughs> and you're going to laugh at how dangerous this sounds. Mm-hmm. But I turned the self-propelled mower by sitting on the engine block. And using the <laughs> pulleys I made with the system, I was able to turn my uh, my dad's self because I probably weighed like thirty pounds when I was like thirteen. <laughs> I, I we t- shouldn't be having this conversation right now. Well, I mean, no one listening to this is young enough to go actually try this. No, no, we shouldn't. You should be dead. I, oh yeah, absolutely, I should be dead. But how? I made a dead man's. Uh, what's it called? A dead man's. Throttle switch. Yeah, then that if I fell off, it would stop. You know that blade still spins for a while, though, right? Yeah, but how do I get under it? The life finds a way. Yeah. Well, it didn't with me. Unfortunately, I'm still here. No, no, no. We're glad you're here. Yeah. I'm. I'm surprised. I'm surprised your ass still isn't red from sitting on the engine block. Those things can get hot. I made a coolant system over it. <laughs> Please explain your coolant system. So I, uh, I I took this like um, uh, mat that was made for la- laptops going in your lap, and I put it on there. And then I took egg cartons and put it in between, and I put another Smart. one on top. Smart. It's all about the air pockets. Right. So I sat on that, and it was fine. And so I'd like I made this little seat with these like levers out of this green wire, and it it was like a self driving. Like I could start and stop it as I please, and I, I you couldn't you couldn't make turns on it. <laughs> But we had like a really long yard. So I would do like the whole yard, <laughs> get up, turn around, do the other one, you know, go down the other way. So my neighbor saw me doing this <laughs> and went to my dad and was like, hey, your idiot son's, I mean, the Darwin effect's going to come into place. Your idiot son's going <laughs> to kill himself. My dad was like, you fucking idiot. What are you doing? And, you know, I was probably, I, I'm lucky I didn't make the newspaper. Yeah, I mean, it would have been one of those articles my mom would have pulled out and shown to me. And it's like, see, see, you don't want to be like this little boy now, do you? But I'm surprised. This, wow, I'm jealous. Yeah, it was a pretty good system. It worked really well. I mowed the lawn for like a month this way. And it took like the the old jackass that lived across the street from me coming out. He was pissed because 
My sister was. He mean. didn't think of it. No, my sister was mean to his fucking grandkids, so he didn't like us. Well, maybe his grandkids were assholes. No, they're definitely like like paint chip eaters. Our friend Jake knows the one now, and like you you know when you like this <laughs> I like like someone you know as a kid who you knew was like this kid's fucked up, <laughs> but you, like he he doesn't like he his grandparents lived across the street from me, so you have no way of getting in contact with them. So I found out that our friend Jake knows this guy, and he's still as fucking weird as he was back then. So my sister had every right to pick on these kids that were okay. ten years older than her. So you justify her bullying? Yeah. Well, Lisa was Lisa bullied all of us. Uh, that's true. She she was older than these kids, or younger than these kids, and like four years younger than me. And you know, she still you know was the town bully. If you, if you didn't come play in our kitchen, you had hell to pay. Her Fisher Price. Uh, toy kitchen and so yeah that's i i rigged up a uh a jerry rigged a uh lawnmower to a, 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 a self-propelled lawnmower to be a sit-on driving lawnmower i'm kind of jealous i really am and this is a true story you could uh corroborate cor- cor- corroborate 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 you sure it's not corroborate yeah Collab- um, collaborate I- no, corroborate. Corroborate. You could corroborate this with my parents, yes. and they will tell you how or stupid I Or I say am. we go all Mythbusters on it, and we do it again. Oh, fuck yeah. We take the blade out, though. Pussy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I could rebuild that. It took me a day. I could build it in no time. What, an arm? What? What do you mean? Rebuild an arm? No, no. The lawnmower. Oh, take the, we'll take the blade. It's out. only a matter of time. Get some of that lizard DNA injected in you. Oh yeah, it was it was in that uh, second Spider-Man or first Spider-Man reboot. <clears throat> All right, uh, squeeze. Let's we're cooking now. So we ready. <laughs> How's your burger? You know, I hate to admit it, but this is the best burger I've ever had. What's your secret? Well, I sneak over to the nudie place a couple of times a month in order to make it through life. I meant about your burgers. Oh, oh. Well, the secret's in the ashes, Steve. See, I never clean my grill. Ashes from the past for burgers of the future. Marcy, you're not eating. Ah, uh, good marriage with uh, children clip. I love this episode. Because uh, they dump the ashes, and then uh, they end up using Marcy, Marcy's aunt's ashes to replace the ones that were already in Al's grill. So then they all... Uh, I'll eat him. And then the best is when Steve finds out he still, like, smiles, like, good. And then he eats her ashes anyway. Uh, anywho, I loved cooking outside. I don't know if anyone's heard about this on the show, but uh, I, I've known a recipe or two and set some things on fire. Yes, you have a recipe for me if we could go into the archives and pull that. I think, really? I hope it involves smoking you. <laughs> ah, no, you dry out too fast. You're too lean. Nah. I, I'd have to sear you. You know what? No, I'd have to treat you like a. St- I wouldn't even. Couldn't do flame. I'd have to do you like a like a steak. Like three minutes in the in the pan, in the, like a cast iron pan, and then another like four minutes in the oven. A little butter on top. That's how I'm gonna do you in. <laughs> I can't wait. If I, if if that's how I'm gonna go, I want to be in by you, squeezer. Ah, thanks, buddy. Or we could do it like that German guy, and I can do you a bit at a time. And you can taste yourself. 
All right, well, we're getting a little weird, so let's move okay. on. What'd you cook outside? Uh, well, see, I, I was just, I was never, I never had a charcoal grill until I was older. So it was either our gas grill, right. which I don't think most like six or seven year olds are supposed to be operating. No. But I figured out, and unfortunately the igniter didn't work, so you had to light it with like, you know, get the gas going in, stick a lighter in there or a match. Oh, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, that's the good way to do it. Um, but yeah, I would always, I was like, I considered myself like, the Burger King at seven, like not like the, the restaurant, but like, you know, someone that's good at making burgers. Um, and yeah, I would live out there cause ours used to be on the front porch. And then eventually I, I grew into, uh, especially Boy Scouts was, you know, big, you know, I was all into it. So for me, it was like cooking out. I taught cooking outside. So like we would build our own, like, like cooktops, like with like clay and like K and mud and rock and stuff. And you put coals and build fire on there, and then you're cooking in the Dutch ovens. And let me tell you, there's, it's the most basic thing in the world, and it's not something fancy. But you just do regular old sloppy joes in the Dutch oven, mm-hmm. and you get those Pillsbury biscuits, and you lay it on top, throw the lid on, throw it in the pit with some fire, and throw the coals in over top. I'm it, assuming it's, it's, it's delicious. It's nice. Yeah, it's real nice. Is there cheese but, involved? No, no, no cheese. I mean, you could... You could put cheese on, of course, but uh, there's a certain gooiness that comes with the biscuits uh, that kind of melds everything together. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Yeah. I, I tried it. And by, by going with those biscuits, it's no dairy because there's not actually any food in those things. No. So no. Uh, it's very healthy. Uh, but then my, my, my personal favorite, though, is eventually you just start making fires in the backyard. Or wherever, wherever you're allowed to make a fire, for sure. But the 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 best though is just the. Did I tell you about the pineapple pineapple and ham? Yes. Okay, I told you about that. What, what about the apples? No, tell us. Well, the pineapple and ham. You take the pineapple, you slice the top off, and then you core it out. Take up a cooked ham, dice that up, mix it all together, put it back in the pineapple, put the top on, and just stick that thing in the hot coals and just let it go. Okay. Oh, it, it, it just melts. It's like candy. And the apples? Oh, the apples. You core the apples out, and then you throw some cinnamon, some raisins, and a little butter in there and wrap them up in foil. And you just throw them right in the middle of the fire in the hot coals, and you just dig them out when they're ready. And they just kind of melt. It's just a big, gooey thing. Oh, it's fantastic. All right. What else did you cook outside? Give us some more recipes. Okay. More recipes. Bacon in a bag. I've read about this. It's how you uh, get crispy it's, bacon it's on a, a fire. It's a pain in the ass, and there's no reason to really do it, but it can be fun. So what you do is you take, uh, you get a paper bag, like a shopping bag, uh, like you would from a grocery store if you're still allowed to do that, and uh, like a, a tree ent doesn't stomp you walking out of the store. Right. So you take the bag, you take strips of bacon, and you lay them flat across the bag, and you have to, now you have to lash yourself a nice little tripod uh, to put up over some coals. And you have to lay your coals out. you got to get them real hot and then lay them out real flat, real flat. All right? That's the important part. And then you put the bag, like, on a string, and you start to lower it down, and you get the bag as close as you can to those coals. And then eventually the bacon will start to cook, and the fat's going to get soaked in the bag, and it basically creates a frying pan in the bag. Mm-hmm. And it gets really nice and crispy right over the coals like that. Now, if you get too close, your whole thing's just going to burst into flames. 
Right. Which is done for me more often than not. Yeah, I wondered so, how that happens. How that yeah. how that is a success. Uh, success rate. Uh, my success rate's probably about thirty-three percent. That's still now the good. thing is though, it's not terrible because if you can salvage the bacon, it's it cooks pretty quickly like in the actual coals you yank it out and you eat it <laughs> just be careful that's not any hot embers on it yet but yeah i i the first time maybe the second time i took uh mrs squeezer camping i tried doing this like to show off and it ended with me swinging uh a stick with a string on the end and a bag that's flaming and just trying to, to i don't know what i was doing because i know how to put out a fire and the last thing to do is to wave a flaming bag around well, how would you let everyone else in the camp know there's a fire? Uh, we were pretty isolated. It was a pretty good couple hundred yards to the next cabin. All right, fair enough. Uh, any other recipes? Uh, let me think. Uh, nothing that you can't really do. Like, we would always do, um, like, egg muffins, like, on the coals. But then you need, you're just cooking an egg on a skillet there on the coals, but then you make the muffins there. They're pretty good. Oh, it's uh, and then I, I talked about the, the crickets in the pan. Uh, yeah. Those are delicious. You're missing out. You got to try them. Uh, I got some in my garage. I don't know where the hell they came from. Oh, Probably because I haven't cut my grass in a year. You should, you should, yeah, you should come to our house. Our our lawn is saturated with crickets. Like, there's crickets yeah. fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Get, I, I should warn them. I'm like, hey, Squeezer's going to come and eat you, motherfuckers. Just a little butter, a little salt. Mm-hmm. Now I suggest if you're gonna do this, you get like sterile ones. Yeah, you gotta uh, wash those. Yeah, yeah, the, you gotta get them from a, a legitimate source. Pretty sure when we did it, we just got them from the uh, I can, pet store. Pet's, pet store. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think there's many U.S. food trucks pulling up with just bags of live crickets in them. That you know of. That you know of. But more and more, they are using more cricket. We talked about this. More cricket powder and stuff. Yeah, cricket. Uh, it's becoming more popular. And and farming them is actually becoming a, a lucrative thing. I, I'm considering it, uh, becoming a cricket farmer. I could do it. I think I'd be all right. Yeah, I'm not saying I, you... I can get a tractor and a hat and like get a piece of straw hanging out of my mouth, and then I can mend my fences all day long. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying I will barf. Well, I, I I'm assuming that you smell pretty bad doing it because you know of all the feces and stuff. Yeah. It's just protein. Just protein. All right. Let's move on. Uh, so uh, this is going to be a two-parter that spans across two episodes. And both of them about are pretty much about staying up late. Pretty much what I do still at the age of 36 on a regular basis. The worst part of the day is definitely morning. Getting up. Those first couple hours of work. Hit me with a sunbow. Oh, yeah, you gotta hit me with a sunbow. Introducing Sunbow from Gatorade, the new energy drink for morning. Fuel for the body and the brain. The sun is the vitamin C of an orange. The fold is the power of three carbohydrates, with or without caffeine. Hey, I need all the help I can get. You gotta hit me with a sunbow. So, what you might not know... And I wrote about this on our blog, radius.com, in the ancient Gatorade. So Gatorade in 1994 came out with this, before energy drinks were a thing, we talked about it on the podcast, they came out with an energy drink called Sunbolt, 
It was supposed to be like a morning citrus Gatorade. Oh, shit. I don't have you up. Sorry, Squeeze. I'm here. I'm listening. Oh, you are. Oh, no, I did have you up. So uh, there was uh, a caffeine version and a decaf version. Why a decaf version? I don't know. But we treated the caffeinated version like our coffee. I'm, I've never been a coffee drinker, mm-hmm. as you know, and make fun of. Uh, by the way, you showed up to work today with an entire, uh, what would you call that? Caraf? Uh, it's carafe, yes. Carafe. Carafe. Yep. Of, of coffee? Yes. <laughs> well, I was given a heads up that there was going to be a meeting in the break room and I wouldn't have access to the coffee. So I found it necessary to bring my own. I also asked that they stash a couple of Slim Jims in the studio for me, but there weren't any to be stashed. So. That was my fault. I should have done that for you. No, it's, no, no. They were already gone. No, no worries. I'm sure the guy that I asked probably ate them all on the way to the studio. <laughs> probably. So uh, th- we would have this. Uh, I- I'm sure you've you've spent all nighters out. Oh, absolutely. Yes. The summer is eating about. ring bologna and drinking uh, Snapple. And I'm not talking. I'm lot. not talking about what I'm going to talk about next week on summer memories is staying up all night in your in your house, like not leaving, but mm-hmm. staying up all night. That was one thing, but. All nighters, like n- like leaving the house, going out on your bikes, and not coming back in until the sun's up. That was a thing. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we weren't allowed to, but our our general thought was if we never if we never go back inside, uh, we'd never we'd never get caught. So, I remember being with my friends, and uh, like, it was it was all about bike riding. Like we'd go get supplies. <laughs> so you know you hit up the. The, the Texaco, you, you hit up, you even go to the, for dinner, you go, go to the Sims, which was the, 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 the like higher end store that you, you would have to ride your bike to. Mm. So that's still in existence today. They would have the candy and bubblegum cigarettes and bubblegum cigars and all the rare mm-hmm. candies as a kid. But as an adult, they had like the hot pockets in a microwave right there that you can make the pizza hot pockets and eat them right there. Would now this back then that's awesome. Now you being the person that's creeped out looking at underwear in a thrift shop, w- would you eat a hot pocket out of a gas station microwave? No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> but back then it was in cellophane. It was like the single serving ones. I don't know if they even still serve those in the gas station hot pockets in the cellophane. Um, because like, it isn't it like not for individual sale. This was th- this was like labeled for individual. It was oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, and it was like a bigger than a regular hot pocket. It was my first ever hot pocket, and it was a pizza one, and I I loved it. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever had, and mm. and, and I still love hot pockets. It's like the hookah lounge I used to go to. They would just sell like they had a snack bar, and you can get hot pockets or Elio's pizza. Like they knew their demographic. Oh yeah, Elio's is still my favorite pizza to this day. So uh, we we'd get hot pockets there. We'd go to the 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 various grocery stores the iga the weiss there was a, a thrift drug which is owned by jay-z pennies we'd get supplies you know that you need oh, like, i remember thrift drug we had one by uh by the movie theater and uh yeah by the lehigh valley mall my uh idiot relatives would get me jc penny gift cards thinking i could buy clothes for school with them for my birthday i bought junk from thrift drug with them <laughs> instead <sighs> Like very clever boxes of bazooka. Uh, we bought so we bought cedar balls and rubbing alcohol and lighters and thought we could make little flaming uh, like balls like to roll down the street. It didn't work. They no. sell, uh-huh. but but the thrift drug would sell you, you lighters even though you were clearly underage. 
Yeah, we would just we would smash them and try to make them explode. Yeah, oh, we, oh, we did that too. When you you throw it on the ground hard enough, and and the pressure just makes it explode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, these were things we did. My one friend smoked cigarettes, so <gasps> there was uh there was a, a point where at like two thirty in the morning we'd be hanging out outside waiting for the right brand of vagrant to come by. So he could ask them to buy him a pack of cigarettes. And then the same friend would try and get us all to smoke with them. And I was luckily allergic to them at the time, which I'm, I'm like allergic to the world. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I really thought they were gross. So I was just like, mm. yeah, if the lawnmower didn't do you in your own allergies probably should have. Uh, exactly. Uh, thankfully, no one like whiffed booze in front of me back then because I probably would have like floated to it like Pepe La Pl- Pepe Le Pew to the woman in the old cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were, it was just cigarettes. I'm like, no thanks. So he, he'd like stand there. But we thought we were so cool because we were someone smoking cigarettes. And um, it's like 3.30 in the morning and we're like fucking half a mile from our house. But we're fucking badass on our bikes. Uh, so, you know, we'd ride around. We'd go to our old Little League field and try out those cedar balls on the fire. And when they didn't work, we'd just set random things on fire. Realizing we should have bought lighter fluid instead of rubbing alcohol. <laughs> I Ru- just realized you bought rubbing alcohol. Yeah, rubbing alcohol doesn't really burn as well as you think it would. No, it just vapor, real it, vaporizes. Yeah, right? yeah, it vaporizes almost instantly. So then, you know, we maybe go around and tic-tac some houses with corn. That's when you get, like, the hard corn and, and then you just throw it at a house. Mm-hmm. You know, of a girl you might have liked. Uh, and just basically be around the neighborhood. And as soon as like, like the sun would come up, we'd go to the local diner, the Parkland diner and get breakfast. And then they had ever play the game Cabal for Nintendo. (sighs) Cabal for Nintendo. It's like a war game, like shooting. It's like, and you're like, you're so it's like, it's like an above. It's, it's hard to explain, but they had, at, at, they had, Oh yeah. 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 I've played. They had one at, uh, Jordan Lanes, I believe. So at this Parkland Diner, they had a Wild West version of Cabal. It was it was called like, uh, hold on, you know what? I'm gonna Google and find. Uh, you know what? I'm thinking Operation Wolf. They're mm. two very similar. So I want to find what this game Cabal video game. All uh, right. No, no, I played Cabal. No, I played Cabal. Yeah, so uh, Cabal was uh, sh- Dynamite Duke, Shootout, Wild Guns. No, was it? No, that was SNES. Uh, okay, ports and releases. It was ported to Blood Brothers. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was called Blood Brothers. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was a cowboy, an Indian version of Cabal that was in the arcade, and it was released in 1990. I never... So we played Cabal a lot. We got it as, like, a game. We're like, what the fuck is this? And my brother and I wound up loving it because it's two-player. And we played Cabal all the time. So then, like, they got this arcade uh, at this at this diner that was the same game, but it was, like, cowboys and Indians. Mm-hmm. And it was the same exact gameplay and everything. And it was an arcade... And so there oh, was, this thing looks cool. Yeah. There was also a cigarette machine in there, one of those old school, like you pull the levers. So my, my uh, I saw one maybe last year at a, at a restaurant I was at, and 
I was just staring at it. I probably hadn't seen one in 15, 20 years. Well, my buddy dropped like 50 quarters in it to get a pack of Camel and filters while we played Blood Brothers. Yeah, he he might be dead of uh, lung cancer by now. We haven't been in contact for a while. So we'd eat, we'd get like our eggs, bacon, and hash browns and toast at the at the diner, and uh, play this game. And then like our parents wouldn't realize why like ten o'clock when they want to like take us to do things, we'd be sleeping till five o'clock. You sleep. We're like the Lost Boys. We slept all we slept all day and we were out all night. But that was some of the most fun memories. I I like vivid memories I still have of just like spending all night, just like riding bikes and like evading the law. Because at any time a cop could pull you over and like. Like what are you doing? You know what I mean. It was it and was like take there, you home. Yeah, there was a there was a sense of danger at night that you didn't get during the day that made it that much more fun, and that's like what the summer's all about, right? Yeah. All right. I stayed inside. <laughs> uh, in the basement with the blankets tacked up over the windows. Yeah. Well, no, because at night, once everyone was in bed, then I would take over the entire house. Oh yeah, we all did. Yeah, and I just like cook myself extravagant meals. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about that more next week, but we do you wanna set up your next clip? Um No. Alright, here it is. <gasps> oh my god! What is it? Trampoline! Trampoline! Is it what now? Please don't bring home any more old crutches! <laughs> Marge, it's the perfect exercise. It'll double the value of our house, and it was free. Free! Are you sure it's safe? Absolutely. And this is just the beginning. I've got some big plans. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I should have set it up as this is one of my favorite intros to Simpsons ever, and this was Dramatically. a to cut down three minutes to one. Yeah, I did the same with the pool clip. Uh, the, the way it ends with like the Antietam battlefield with the kids all just thrown out as homers. Like his solution to fixing it was to hammer a caution sign into the ground. <laughs> um, and yeah, he, he gets it from Krusty for free. And when he goes to return it, Krusty pulls a shotgun on him. Right. Um, because is there anything more devastating to children than uh, aluminum springs and uh, I guess is it like a burlapy, plasticky, vinyly mesh? I think it is a poly something. Yeah, it's a plastic synthetic. Some kind mesh. of synthetic material. <coughs> trampolines. Is there anything more devastating to children than trampolines? And I feel like, and they've been around forever. We're talking but, not the ones that were popular in the '80s that were about three feet wide that you do aerobicize on we're talking the 12 yeah, foot 10 foot 12 foot ones you put in your backyard yeah and i i feel like they spiked uh when we were uh early 90s you think that's when they really started taking i off? think they spiked more like mid late 90s mid to late 90s yeah. they, but they started popping up but that's like when everyone started having them in like the mid to late 90s right um uh, we didn't have one because my mom was Miss. You're gonna hurt yourself, but that didn't stop me because all my friends had them. So <laughs> we would go over there, and I mean, it was. 
I never got a serious injury, personally. Uh, a bloody nose, uh, some bruises, and probably the equivalent of 10 years on my knees. Okay. Like, just from jump jumping on a trampoline with your friends, basically your knees, it's the equivalent of being a linebacker in the NFL. So that's absolutely true. Uh, do you? I didn't realize you know my crazy trampoline story. You witnessed part of it. Oh, uh, your former roommate. Right. We. I. It's. It's tough to tough to realize that we've known Holy each other shit, for I forgot about that. twelve years. So I bought that trampoline after I was out of college at my dad dad's house from my friend. They're having his his her parents were getting divorced and having a yard sale, and they had the trampoline for fifty bucks. There was no guard to go around the, the springs, and a few were busted. This was old, and it was 50 bucks, so I bought it, and I set it up at my dad's house. And uh, before we moved it to my roommate's house, he macho-manned me off of it and fractured two of my ribs. That was one of the worst summers of my life. I couldn't breathe. Uh, we had many injuries on this thing, and then we transferred it. I moved in with my roommate at that time, and we transferred it over there. <laughs> And it was he had a, it was a ranch house. We'd get up on the roof and jump off on the roof onto this trampoline. Mm -hmm. It's it eventually tore, and we had to dismantle it and yeah. take it but to the. I remember plant. watching that launch him across the yard with a lit torch, a lit tiki yes, torch. Yes, with a lit tiki torch. Yeah, and it so, messed him up pretty good when he hit the ground. Oh he yeah, went airborne. Yeah, we're we're still alive, both of us. But yeah, that that trampoline was the most dangerous fucking thing in the planet. Yeah, even when done properly, it can it can hurt you. Yeah, and like not, we would now they put like guards around them so you can't fall you know off. It, they don't do shit. Because yeah. just as many injuries happen, like a buckling knees is a big one. Colliding with it, like that's how I got my busted nose. Like we got our start backyard wrestling, doing it on the trampoline. Oh yeah, that's so what I remember. For. I gave a kid like a a spine buster, and as I'm dropping him down, uh, my nose hit his forehead, and I busted his forehead open with my nose. So I'm a trooper there. Um, so I pulled up some some stats from uh, a USA Today article from 2014. I went USA Today because it's so colorful and pretty, and there's lots of pictures. Um, and I know these dates are a little more recent than what we're talking, but it, they're numbers. So that, that's what we deal with on this show is uh, statistics and specifics. Huh. Uh, from 2002 to 2011, there were 289,000 visits to the emergency room. Uh, for trampoline-related accidents involving broken bones. That's almost, that's almost three... A third of a million ER visits were broken bones related to trampolines. If, if you just... And then that's just broken bones. But if you go into uh, other injuries, bruises, uh, cuts stuff like that it's well over a million er visits over the course of uh like 10 years because of backyard trampolines and and they estimate so 400 million dollars for those broken bones and all the er visits for trampolines combined in that 10 years was over a billion dollars trampolines cost us a billion dollars a gpu wow that's kind of insane. Yeah, but I mean, but they were f oh, you couldn't, you couldn't help but and you couldn't help but jump off something onto one or off something onto one, 
if you can somehow involve a tire swing, that was always interesting. Um, or see if you could crawl underneath it while other people were jumping on top of it and see if you can make it through. That was always a fun game. Um, they probably, probably a re that probably accounted towards that $1 billion. Yeah. I personally, I never went to the emergency room. Neither had, neither did I, 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 I sucked it up and got through those two, uh, fractured ribs. Yeah. Look at you. And really, to be fair, there's really nothing that you could do with fractured no, ribs. Uh, I talked room. to my friend who was in med school. <clears throat> he was uh, he was a resident or uh, at the time. And he's like, don't wrap them. That's what they used to do. That's not healthy. Just You just let you just let it heal. He goes, don't try and hurt them anymore or you might puncture your lung or your heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, fortunately, you're... you're I guess how they used that. to wrap them. That's apparently, I don't know why, uh, Enchantress explained this to me too, why, but apparently that's not. Well, yeah, you're just putting pressure on them and you're going to push them in and they're not going to, they'll probably heal Yeah. differently than if they just rest naturally. I'm, believe it or not, and I know I've said this before on the show, but I want to reiterate, I am not a medical professional. Um, but I That's have... not what you told me the other day. What? I'm not. I'm a medical professional. Yeah. My pants were off. Oh, well. I I am qualified to do certain inspections. I just wanted to make sure that you didn't hurt yourself picking something up quite heavy. Oh uh, well, you're. But I, to be fair, I, I had a, a bit of a thing for Doctor Crusher, uh, so I think I'm qualified to make a, a medical uh, diagnosis. I think you are. Out of all the everyone I know, you're the most qualified. And if I put like glasses on in a trench coat, I or a uh, or glasses and trench coat probably just as qualifying. Uh, but like one of those little doctor shirt thingies that they wear, um, oh, those are cool. Yeah. Which, by the way, scrubs, awesome to sleep in. Great pajamas. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Well, I need to no. take a pee break. So. All right, good. I was just going to say I need a water break because my throat's on fire. And a pee break. All right.
gonna start with my next pick a McDonald land is a good reason for customers to pass up the competition to get to your store it's something you can have that they can't possibly get a quarter pounder would sure taste great after this workout so I found this video from 1972 about the company that designed and manufactured McDonald land playgrounds. And it's really creepy. Uh, it's on YouTube. I'll put I'll, something I could post on our, uh, on our radiers.com page. I'll do that this week. <sighs> but I'm not talking about, I'm talking about playgrounds, but I couldn't find any good clips. So I wanted to give a reason to talk about this, but did you hear what he just said is this is a reason. This is something you have that no one else could have. Quarter pounder would sure taste good after playing on this playground. Quarter pounder would sure... Just the... It was something about the tone of it, too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Creepville 101. Yeah. So, I'm just... I'm gonna... I'm gonna throttle it in here like we do usually uh, near the end. <clears throat> our local playground. So, it was, it was about five blocks from our house. What are you doing over there? Uh, being Richie. Sorry, it's hot down here. Being what? I'm Richie. Uh-huh. That's the technical term. So <laughs> it had the long, bumpy metal slide that was as hot as molten lava mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. could get a sharp edge and cut you and give you tetanus. It had those uh, animals that were on a spring that you could rock back and forth on. It had the like half tire, but weren't tire rubber swings on chains that got as hot as molten lava. Mm -hmm. And it had one of those uh, spinny wheels that had like the arms on it that you can hang on it and like spin it until you want to throw up like really dangerous, fun stuff. Oh yeah. So this was like, uh, you know, we'd only go to this, this playground and it's still in existence if our parents would take us. But as we got older, we were allowed to go there by ourselves. So it was, it was a lot of fun, but I don't think like everything's plastic and safe now. Like, even remember Timbertown, and a lot of villages had this. Not villages, towns had this. Mm-hmm. Giant playgrounds made out of wood, that treated wood. Yeah. That was filled with carpenter bees and wasps. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but, like, super fun, and it had, like, the, the molt, the wood chips on the bottom. But yeah, it was like, that was, like, the future. It was, but it just doesn't exist anymore. Because mm. uh, everything's, like, so safe, and you have to protect kids. And it has to be safe for all kids of all types. Meanwhile, well, 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 we we weren't supposed to be run, rolling around and licking arsenic, right? Meanwhile, no kids of no types this was safe for back in the day, and every kid of every type played on it. And I don't get why everything has to be so safe because we're all fine. Yeah, some kids might have gotten hurt, and some kids will still always get hurt. But there's no reason to take the fun out of everything. 
that's just my feeling, general feeling on it. No, I get you. I mean, there were some things that clearly uh, should not exist. Like, <clears throat> uh, I'm not saying it shouldn't exist. I, I didn't want it to exist because I hate this damn thing. It's like the the disc. It's like a a dish like at an angle, and there was like it was a bear, and there was a big metal head at one end, so it was weighted. And you would sit in it, and people would spin you, and it was like off balance, and it would like whip you in this way, and it would make me want to throw up every time. I don't think we ever had one of those. Oh, that thing was. I think it might even still exist. This was down at Jefferson Street, Jefferson Street Playground, right by the public pool that we didn't go to. Um, we'll have to go check it out and see if we yeah, can pick. Yeah, I gotta see if that's still there because I mean it was just solid steel. Um, Did you have the and, long and, metal? Yep, long uh, metal slide. There were multi- There were three slides, and I remember the one point they took the biggest one down. It was at least twelve feet, maybe more. It was a big metal. I mean, you had to climb up. It was like uh, honestly, if it were a utility pole, they would have either a gate or like the pegs would be removed for like the bottom six feet, so you couldn't climb it. And, and so actually, uh, um. Josh over at Oh I Had That, he posted some uh, playground equipment, and I, I commented on one of the pictures about uh, the seesaws. Oh, right, and right. these seesaws, um, ours were, they were wooden ones, and on the bottom, though, at the center, like, it wasn't, like, bolted around it, like, on, on the pole. It was, like, three uh, open-ended brackets and then a chain that ran underneath the bar so you, like, couldn't just steal the whole, like, piece of wood right but it was adjustable for like different weights so like i would be on one end and then i would adjust it down away from me so that my skinny friend had a little more leverage and we could actually play together (laughs) i never i don't remember these at all we just had the typical uh everyday seesaws yeah these were these were like these had to have been like just custom but they always like as you land, they always just like hurt your ass. Oh just yeah, just slam, and that's what you do. You would get the kid up, and then you would just launch yourself up, just pushing up as hard as you can, right? Uh, and then just try to slam the other kid down in the ground, or r- get a running start and just start running up it and down it, and try not to face plant uh, on the way down. That I think that's what ended up being dangerous is using playground equipment nah, the way it wasn't necessarily necessarily meant to be played with yeah we were american ninja warrior before it was cool yeah yeah like you're talking when you said like the animals in the spring were you talking about the individual ones or they had like the four banger no it was in the it was like four of them but they were all individual and they were on like one like giant spring and you just rock yeah there was like addition like a disc in the middle and then they branched out four different ways no no these were just each their own Okay, and like the springs went to the ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had those, but we also had one where it was like, it was like four springs, and then like uh, with like uh, and then like a post would branch out in all four in like north, south, east, west direction, and then like that would have like a horse or like a duck on it. Mm-hmm. So then you would try to get someone. You would stand in the middle there while the other four people would bounce around and try to knock you off that. <laughs> Those were just those were the good old days. Uh, so, you ready to move on to your next pick? I oh, can't wait sure. to do this one. Here we go. What did Squeezer bury here? Here, Brian Robeson must confront the wilderness and himself. 
with nothing but a hatchet. Concord Pictures presents Jared Rushton, A Cry in the Wild. You ever see this movie? No. Uh, see, I saw this movie. As, like, my grandfather showed me this. <clears throat> this came out in uh, 1990. And I, I was obsessed with this movie. And I wanted to be this kid. Not that I wanted like my pilot to have a heart attack and crash into a lake <laughs> and then have to survive on my own. But I did just want to uh, uh, just be lost in the woods and kind of just build my own shelter and tools and survive and see if I could. You probably uh, could. No, no, it, it's no, no. It, chances are you're gonna die. Um, but uh, as a kid, I would go out there and like some of my friends, and we would try to build like our own shelters, and we make our own traps and stuff. Like so, you know, it's like, but you you take like a branch and like find like an old piece of rope and like tie the branch up into a tree, and then it would like swing, and then that was like your defense in case someone came by. All right, but then and then your shelters were just absolutely ridiculous. Just like you, you, you try to make them look cool. You want to make them like forts because you had to defend it from the hordes, and it was adorable. I'm sure. What uh, were the hordes? Well, you never knew. Uh, squirrels, chipmunks, sisters, um, and just make believe invisible armies coming to get you. <clears throat> but you never just played in the woods. All the time. We had our, our backyard was essentially woods because we had a lot of property. It was skinny, but it was long, mm-hmm. <laughs> which isn't necessarily things girls like, but it was all the way up to the, the, the one main street and it was full of trees. So we called it the woods. Uh, I was more of a tree climber. I tried to climb every single goddamn tree that was in the said woods. Mm. No, I wasn't. Uh, I could only go so far. Believe it or not. Um, believe that. Um, but yeah, we, we'd, and then uh, they, they weren't real like shelters. Eventually, I did end up building some pretty awesome shelters that you actually could survive. And I taught wilderness survival, and uh, these things were solid. Because that's the thing like, real shelters like aren't cool. Like, they don't look cool. It's like just a, it looks like a pile of sticks and leaves. And there's barely enough room to get in there because you don't want a lot of room. You want to be able to stay warm. But we would make these, like, just lashing sticks together and, like, try to build something that could get you, like, three feet off the ground. If you could get up, like, on a stump, like, that was the coolest thing in the world because that was, like, your castle that you would build around. Right. But, yeah, we would, ah, man, we just spent a lot of time out there just trying to. And I would. I got my, I got my, my Swiss Army knife. Was like my weapon of choice, and that was that was gonna be uh, our tool that we can, uh, like like so many Roman armies, uh, build build a fort every night. <laughs> ah, those were the days, playing in the woods. Uh, all right, I'm ready to uh, close my picks out. Are you ready? Uh, oh, I am. I am. All right, here we go. Just a second. How the heck does Jack fish with this stuff? I like beer, Hank. Don't you like beer? I mean, I love beer. Beer is... Whoa, got one! Yeah! Sweet Gene Vincent, I'm back. Dang, man, it's quick, man. You're talking heck to man, man. I'm a fishing magician, man.
So I love King of the Hill. <laughs> just like no kidding. just as much as Bill loves beer. That was from an episode where uh, Hank uses crack cocaine to fish. Uh, incidentally, he didn't realize he was doing it. So remember those old fishing rods you got as a kid, the push button ones? Oh yeah. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> but we were obsessed with them. Like having our own tackle boxes mm-hmm. and our own fishing rods. Like now I would would you couldn't pay me to fish. Really? Let's go fishing. What did I just say? I'll pay you to fish. I'll uh, buy your license. Uh, I, I don't eat fish. I'll buy your trout stamp. Um, and I you can pay the rest of the license. wouldn't want to pull them off the hook to throw them back because I wouldn't want to eat them. So I would feel bad about the whole experience now. I can cook it up really nice. We cook, we caught sunnies as kids. That's all you ever caught. Yeah, well, that's the problem. You don't eat sunnies. But yeah, you don't need to be throwing back. But they were all uh, branded with like cartoon characters and whatnot back. Mm-hmm. I think they still sell them. They must. I had a Spider-Man one. I can't even remember the ones I had. But they were all they worked like three casts. Mm-hmm. And they would uh, the 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 fishing line would always get jumbled in that push button deal in the middle yeah. of it. It never really worked right. But like for me, it was all about the gear, having like the tackle box with all the little compartments and doodads and knickknacks in them that I've never used. Like Yeah. And you got you got all the stuff that someone gave you that they didn't need? No, no, I got like a kid's kit that had oh, okay. like that had like f- like fake lures and, and whatnot in it that I you know, you know, the little the little medallion lures and mm-hmm. like a cheap piece of shit kit. And this thing was probably no more than six bucks. But like I said, we are upper lower middle class. So we we're not buying anything too expensive. But, you know, we'd go out to the, the lakes. Uh, the company we currently work for had a private stocked lake. I don't know if you ever knew that. That's where we'd no. fish. Yeah. I don't know if they still yeah. do. Uh, that's where we'd fish, and that's where we'd cut, catch sunnies and just throw them back with our kids' lines. And, you know, half the time it's, you know, you're, you're cutting yourself with your hooks. But there was nothing more fun than these kids. Like, as a, as a kid, I, I feel like every kid should go out fishing because... Oh, absolutely. There's nothing more fun as a kid than fishing. Now I just don't have the patience to do it at all. You know, I'd, I'd rather, you know, stare at a wall. <laughs> uh, sometimes not much different, only just get a little fresh air. No. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about kids' fishing reels because that was just something we did outside. And uh, that was the last of my... I think this is... I think we... we and we might get more, but I think I rang... The last drop of milk out of the great outdoors. How about you, Screed? Uh, I am. You know what? I was surprised. I thought, oh, I'm gonna end up going back to same ones. But everything I kind of popped into my head just as I was going. I'm like, oh shit, I remember that. And I, I remember uh, exploring was a big part of it. And this clip has nothing to do with my last pick, other than. Uh, it's namesake. This junkyard dom's dog theme song. Yes, it is. You can play it as long as you want. I'll pull it under. Let's talk while we listen. Uh. Did you ever just go and hang around in junkyards when you were a kid? No. <laughs> really? Oh, it was a of good time. Of course not. 
And I'm not talking about these you pull it lots now and all this fancy uh, waste management uh, facilities. There is a time, and I did when we were in college. Like we would go like the you pull it spot and like just go around and just pull car parts out just because we need something to do. Um, but as a kid growing up, so uh, my grandparents, same house, same alley where the car was parked that I put in a neutral and started rolling away. Uh, it was an older neighborhood, like uh, those um, like employee housing that the factories would build back in the day, what a lot of neighborhoods around are like. So at the end of that and towards the back, it was just this big open field that for throughout, you know, the early uh, 20th century, people just took their shit up there and just dumped it. They drove car. Uh, the car is crapping out on me. They just drive the car up there and just let it rot. People would take their, like, you know, fridges out there and all this stuff and not necessarily, like, throw their actual garbage. Like, well, I guess it's garbage. But not, like, your your food scrap waste garbage, like, day in, day out. But it was, like, right. the, the junk heap um, that, you, that you would, you know, take your big ticket items to or, like, your, you know, you're cleaning out the garage. So it's, like, all the... All the cool junk that's in your garage, you just throw in a box and then just drive up the street and throw it in the pile. Right. And then around that, they had the old chicken coops because each house in the neighborhood, so they had the big, uh, there was an area that was fenced off, and each house had their own little chicken coop because people would keep their own chickens back there. And I just remember my sister and I going down there, and we'd just play in those all the time. And it's just covered in shit and, and like, old bird shit, and the birds are long gone, except... One neighbor still used to keep them in there, and then they'd yell at us for getting, it, getting it, near them. It's funny. Um, oddly enough, that's something a lot of like modern suburban families are doing now. Uh, I, I'm trying groups. to sell Mrs. Squeezer on it. Uh, I, I would love to uh, have some chickens. I, I miss when I, we used to live in our old place. Uh, the, our landlords, they had, they had chickens and they had goats. And when they'd go on vacation, because uh, the goats, would t- they were allergic to poison ivy, so they'd lash up the the uh, the goats and the goats would take care of the poison ivy and then they didn't have to worry about dealing with it so i would i would take care of the take care of the goats and the chickens while they'd go on vacation and i get free eggs so i just whenever i needed eggs i just go down they had a little fridge on the back porch help myself to a couple of farm fresh eggs and that was the way to go can't get better than that there's only so many left though man that those fox men they know what they're doing yeah uh, it was like a crime scene so y- Let's talk about how fox quickly were introduced into our neighborhood. They had them in the local game preserve because they were endangered. And a few got out. And they started thriving because there's too many varmint in our area. Mm-hmm. And now they are everywhere to the point where there are literally no varmint. I see no squirrels, rabbits, anything in my yard. I have no problems with them because no. the fox are doing such a good job of taking <laughs> care of them. No, the numbers are down big time. Yeah, it's crazy. And they're pretty. I like oh, them. Oh, yeah, I see them all the time. And it's... they really got stirred up out your way once they built that bypass through. You didn't see them yeah, all that much. And then the more they build it, they just kept popping they're up out of the way. Ev- they're everywhere. I see them all the time around me. And they're beautiful, majestic creatures. So I don't mind it at all. Yeah. Uh, but so we'd play down the chicken coops. But then we'd go up into the junkyard, and I would just climb around in just rusty hunks of metal all day, just looking for cool stuff. And you know what? My parents were cool with it. They knew where I was at. They'd keep an eye on me. Yeah. 
Did you ever ask your dad about those dirt samples I'd crash a smash? Oh shit! No, I haven't. I, I'll remind me. I I'm I'm going by to see him tomorrow. So remind me tomorrow. Uh, and I, I will ask him just what those are. Wooden crates filled with glass jars with white tops filled with just dirt. Am I gonna They're... die? Is what I want to know. I'm sure probably would have done you in by now. Yeah, probably. They were pro- they probably were just samples. But nothing was labeled or anything? No, nothing was labeled. Uh, I'll ask him. I'm okay. sure he probably doesn't know what the hell they were either. He's like, oh, yeah, some some two guys in the black suits and in black SUV pulled up and dropped them off and said, don't touch them, we'll be back. <laughs> so remember uh, last week we were talking about blockbusters? Mm-hmm. So I have a, a page from our our local newspaper pulled up from Thursday, July 4th, 1996. We're looking up Independence Day. Mm-hmm. So I just noticed that at Emmaus Theater, which was the second-run theater, Mission Impossible was playing. It's 22 years ago. But there's a small like ad for Staley Cellarette. Happy 4th of July. Open regular hours, 7 a.m. to 2. Cold takeout beer. They're advertising a nine-ounce Delmonico steak with broiled scallops for eight fifty, broiled Ooh. stuffed flounder for six fifty, and a twelve-ounce T-bone steak for six twenty-five. Also, God bless America. With two sides and bread. And this is only this isn't that long ago, nineteen ninety-six. Yeah, was it? This was Staley's. Yeah, the one on Hanover. Yeah. Oh, that's good. They got good Monday nights usually taco night. Uh, and they get like it's legit. Like there's this little Mexican lady that just makes awesome tacos. Well, that that part of town is very uh, Hispanic now, so it yeah. makes sense. It's uh, still a good. Place. And they got they got uh, clam night, and their German pizza is awesome. It's oh, like steak and hot peppers on it. Their clams, they're known for their clam nights. So yeah. Have you gone there for that lately? Uh, it's been a while. But it's funny. I'm just. I, it's that we were talking about. Uh, you got me hungry. It's two in the morning. About Mission Impossible, and, and this page was still still up from our last week's show. And I saw that little ad in there. I figured I'd I'd throw that. A twelve ounce T bone steak really isn't that big, but six twenty five. It's not bad. Well, it, it's two times the actual uh, suggested serving size for a T bone steak. I'm pretty sure like it's supposed to be six ounces for like a piece of red meat. Like a deck of playing cards is what you're supposed to eat. What's the uh, fun in that? Well, I mean, it's that's a lot of bone. But the <laughs> that's na- true. Too. The nine ounce oh. Delmonico with broiled scallops. See, bro- the lost art of like a, bro- a like a restaurant that broils their food like that doesn't really exist anymore. Hmm. You know what I mean? Get the nachos broiled. Oh yeah. And everything hits the broiler before it comes to you. The the saloon sandwiches, the open face sandwiches. Mm-hmm. There's a place in uh, Point Pleasant Beach, New Jersey, that's called Frankie's. That still gives you all that stuff. It's it's wonderful. If you if you ever get down that way, uh, hit up Frankie's on Point Pleasant Beach. They're uh, I got fillet petite fillet sandwich. It's a it's a two fillet mignons on um, open face on English muffins with American cheese melted on them, served with the biggest heaping pile of French fries you can fucking ask for. And it's the most decadent, delicious meal you'll ever eat. Oh. They run under the broil before they give it to you. So the cheese is like crispy and bubbly on it. Oh, stop. Oh, yeah. 
Is this how we're gonna end this show? That's how we're ending it. Me hungry. Yeah. That's how every show ends, I guess. But <laughs> me too. I won't. I only ate one meal today, and I worked fourteen hours today. I had one meal. So I. We should go have some clams, or go throw something under the broiler. I I woke up and I came to work and I came home, and we podcasted. We do it for you. Not you, Squeezer, but you. It was, it was it was Taco Tuesday here. Ah, what kind of tacos? Um, ta- tacos. Just uh, uh. What what was it the, the the what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of beef. Uh no, we I we went a little healthy. We used turkey. Ah. I, I'm not crazy about it, but, you know, I don't want to just keep cramming red meat into the little one, so. Oh, okay. She likes the... No, no gra- she not picks gra- the cheese ground off of it, word. just so, like her dad. Ground, you do ground turkey. Uh, this time around. I mixed it up. We had it, so what the hell. Hmm. Little, you got you to gotta go with the uh, Cooper Sharp, though. And the ground cumin, that exotic spice. Yes, the exotic cumin. I wonder why you sent me that picture yeah. tonight. Uh, so this yeah, was that, and then some nice Mexican rice. Just you, you got to saute the rice first, like hard, like eight minutes, and like some canola oil, and then you mix in like the tomatoes and the onions that you puree, and then some jalapenos and garlic. You cook that down. You now you're just getting yourself hungry. I'm gonna go eat some of this leftover rice. You started making do. love to the microphone there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting. Um, I'm. It's a mixture of uh, getting sexy and completely losing my voice. Ah. Well, this was a fun episode. We really breezed through these. It better have been because it's like three hours long. It was long. It was long. Uh, so next week we're talking Summer Memories Part 2. And we're, we're breezing through the summer. We're on our way to 100 episodes. Quick notes. Visit radios.com. Read our Summer Vacation Project. We got tons of blogs up there. I got some news. We got There's a magazine coming out that we had an add-on. But as, as they're actually going to publish a long-form version of one of our blogs... As soon as I can tell you more about that, I will. And um, if you like us, the best thing you could do to show us you like us is go on and write, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast because that lets other people find out about us. And it's the easiest way to uh, give us some love. So do that and come back next week and listen to us again on the Radiers Podcast. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Good night.